This is your Drive at Five and ENC with Tom Lamprecht. Welcome back to News and Views on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Welcome back in. There was an article out just today by Guy Benson in Town Hall. Among other things, he says, it's increasingly looking like a red wave is cresting. Rich Barris with public data polling and publicdatapoll.com has uh, just released a new national survey conducted by Big Data Polling. They interviewed some 2,700 registered likely voters. Rich is on the line with us now to talk about his results. Rich, welcome in. Thanks for joining us. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. So this is really interesting. It it really appears that, uh, indeed, uh, Guy Benson's on the right track, that uh, I was going over your your poll numbers uh, this afternoon, and – I'd be quite concerned if I was a Democrat, even if I was a Democrat in in, in a district, regardless of what I'm running for, that even leans uh, towards uh, a, a, in my direction. If I was a Democrat, I'd still be rather concerned with these numbers. Yeah, there's bad news, and then there's really bad news. And it is an incumbent first-term, midterm, and there was a lot of talk even just a few weeks ago about whether or not Democrats could basically bust the historical trend. But, you know, truth be told, all year long, uh, we saw some of these groups that are really responsible for this lead that Republicans have in the generic ballot. We saw these groups basically intend, you know, know, they wanted to vote Republican this year. They were unhappy with the economy and inflation and just a, a general feeling of instability. And, you know, we have we have some funny things that happen over the summer with polling. It's a, it's an industry problem that we need to we need to deal with. But once you hit that Labor Day, you know, mark and we start to get into it, and really, uh, you know, we're able to discern who's going to vote, who's not. Uh, it, it the picture. It started to return to that, you know, springtime pre-summer level. And this really what is fueling this is a return of women and independent, educated voters. And all that remains undecided is that educated voter, generally between the age of 30 and 64, and actually they don't have college degrees. So it's an even worse picture for Democrats than the poll suggests. And your polling uh, really found interesting, as I just mentioned, you polled 2,700 registered likely voters. I mean, most of these polls are anywhere from 500. A, a, a lot of, of polls maybe will go up to 1,000 or 1,200, but you, you really uh, hit it out of the park with this. That's what we call it the big data poll. Uh, you know, I've been one of those voices for a couple of years now, even going back to 2016. You know, I'm a, a poll Florida for many, many years, and there are all of these different subgroups. And, you know, the era of randomization is tricky, but it's, it's generally over. And you have got to get a big enough sample where you just don't speak to Hispanics. You speak to Mexican Hispanics. You speak to Cuban Hispanics. And really, the same thing goes with white voters now, too. Did you speak to enough working class? And that, that's been a huge problem for polling in the last few cycles, understating the, you know, the working class of a share of the vote, which you know, obviously favors Republicans. And that'll, that's, that's a great way to miss Republican support. So we, we definitely do try for bigger samples. We actually spoke to a little over 3,000 people, but we wanted only, only those we know, uh, you know are, are likely to vote. They have the vote history and, and the intention to do so. You know, it was interesting because I got down into some of the weeds on uh, your, your polling and we, we, we've just mentioned, you know, the, the Republican advantage. 
but in things like uh, is the country on the wrong track or the right track, interestingly, when you look over the age categories, you've got 18 to 29, 30 to 44, 45 to 64, and 65 plus. And yeah. there is some difference, but there is obviously a trend all across those age groups and all across the regions of the nation that seem to be in, in line. Now, this, you know, in, in terms of the wrong track, the highest number, the highest percentage was the South and the lowest was the Northeast. That's not a huge surprise, but yet even in the Northeast, there were, well, I guess the West was the lowest at 66.9. The Northeast was 67.1. I mean, it was only a few percentage points between the South, the Northeast, and the West. And uh, there, there was a little bit of a bigger gap between the youngest demographic and uh, the 45 to 64. But by and large, the sentiment of this polling all points in the same direction. Again, not good for Democrats. Yeah, not, not at all. And I think you really you really hit on something here that I think is important, which is if you're in the bluest of blue areas, then, you know, generally uh, even Democrats were negative on the right track, wrong track, just slightly. But they're concentrated in these deep blue, highly populated areas. And this is where it really gets bad for them in the House. If you're in a very blue, you know, deep blue urban district, then, you know, it, it moved, but it didn't move all that much, the, the generic ballot. If you're in, like you said in the opening, anything that's lean or maybe some people even have likely at this point, if Biden won it by 54 percent or less, you're in trouble. You're going to be in trouble because the swing is anywhere between 12 and 16 points between the presidential vote in 2020 versus now. How do you intend to vote for Congress? So it's you know, this is an issue. A lot of people have talked about this, but this is an issue that Democrats uh, have got to deal with. And we just went through redistricting. I actually thought Republicans could have done a little bit better, especially here in North Carolina. They tried a court as a court. What can you do? Right. But it's a perfect example. If you're in Mecklenburg, then fine. Maybe you won't move all that much. But anything outside of it, Sandy in northeastern North Carolina, at, at one time, pretty much people thought that that seat was leaning toward Democrats. That seat is just too close. So in a, in a margin like that, you're going to be holding your breath if you're the Democratic candidate on Election Day. So it's, it's not. A, not yeah, I mean, and, and that was when G.K. Butterfield was up there. I mean, I think the last time he won it by 70 percentage points. And that's now right. and now it is too close to call. I mean, that's unbelievable. And a few weeks ago, people were thinking. Those are the kind of districts Democrats are going to skate by on. And, you know, not for nothing, it is a little frustrating when you do what I do. There were those that were really entertaining the, the idea that Democrats could hold the House this cycle. And, you know, it is a first term incumbent midterm. You brought up right direction, wrong, you know, right direction, wrong track. That's a key metric. The generic ballot is one of them. But the economy, all the voter registration trends, uh, Biden's approval rating, presidential approval rating is a strong relationship between incumbent midterm performance. And it just was never there for them. So it doesn't surprise me that we're seeing this kind of a return. I think what, what, is, what is surprising to me is that, you know, the, some of the, the, the gender gap, it, it's gone. It's really got yeah. men are voting Republican, but women are only backing the Democratic candidate by a few points. Yes, this is the, this is the making of a wipeout. This continues, which honestly, I don't see any reason why it would. The undecided vote is just if you look in in detail, it's just it's not just us. It is other pollsters as well. If you look at who is still undecided, 
it's almost like uh, Democrats need a turnout advantage to, 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 you know, blunt some of this momentum. They're not going to get that because Republicans are just so much more enthusiastic to vote. We saw it in the primary vote shares as well. The, the totals for each party very clearly pointed to a Republican edge. And uh, that, that's another, uh, another great point in the poll. You can see certainty to vote and extremely enthusiastic Republicans lead on those as well. So, it, you know, we normally don't see this kind of movement until the end. Uh, you know, you see an advantage, but maybe not this kind of movement. And so, again, less than three weeks out, coming up on two weeks out, I don't think it's the end of it. I really don't. We're talking to Rich Barris of Big Data Polling. You know, Rich, you, you mentioned the gender issue, but the other thing that I noticed on the race issue, you have 19% of African Americans saying that they are going to vote Republican. You only have 70% committed to voting Democrat. You have 10% that say, oh, I'm going to vote for somebody else or I'm undecided. But to have 20% say, I'm voting for Republican, that's really significant. There have been, you know, under the, the era of the former president, there have been some, it's significant because Democrats have to win, win that vote by 90% or more, right? I mean, we right. know this, those rules of thumb. And he, you know, the former president did much better than people expected with black men and then even black women. And what we're seeing now, and this was one of the biggest questions to me going into this midterm, is without him on the ballot, is this going to continue? And I know there's a cap. It would take a long time for Republicans to make serious inroads uh, with with black voters. But there there's room there to make at least statistically significant 18, 20 percent in a good election. Uh, you know, in the poll, even the sampling error for subgroups, it's still telling you they're going to at least get 15 percent uh, and Hispanics as well. The, this, these are a few of the big questions going into this election. Would they keep these numbers? Would this continue? Uh, because the white vote, as it gets gets more educated, you know, they're just not going to win two to one like they used to. So they need to do this, and it looks like they are. And why? Why is it? You know, they bet the farm on abortion. Let's just call right. it what it is. They bet the farm on abortion, and in the end, are you going to? People just don't have the luxury or the financial luxury to care more about a social issue like that than they do about whether they can put groceries in the cart or, you know, gas in the gas tank. That is obviously, those are needs, basic necessities and needs. And when people feel like they're not being met or they're concerned and there's trepidation about their ability to meet those needs, there's just no way, it was living in another world, to really think that, you know, the, the decision, the Supreme Court decision on abortion was going to change anything. That's just it. We we knew that wasn't going to happen. Maybe there was a small little blip and we'll have most important issues up soon. It is number three, but it's a very distant number three between the economy and cost of living inflation. Half the electorate says that is their number one issue. Uh, So out of the five top issues, immigration is almost tied with abortion out of the five top crime, immigration, abortion, cost of living and the economy and jobs. Republicans lead out of four out of five. And, that's, and, and, and that was with the mainstream media pushing abortion and really ignoring the border crisis. That's right. They beat, they beat that drum. And crime has fallen for a little bit over the summer. And, uh, you know, I was curious to see whether or not voters would refocus on that. But, again, I, I tend to have this philosophy that reality always wins. Even with the media, we call it the media handicap. So if you're for, for people who play pool out there, <laughs> think of it like this. 
if uh, you're playing a game of nine ball, it's the media's job to make sure the Democrats get spotted the six, right? And that's kind of that's, that's kind of the role they play. Even with them out there doing that, though, it it's hard to to refute reality. It really, I mean, especially people who are living in some of these metro suburban areas that began to tilt Democrat under the former president. They're coming back now, and you can see that with four-year degrees and by suburbs. Uh, you know, by the by the area, uh, not only region, but by area, you can see people are just there. There's a, a, a sentiment out there that they're fed up and the confidence index we do for economics as well as things like crime. It just shows you that people don't have any confidence in the economy and their stability in life. And that's really what it comes down to, that that's going to that's going to trump a social issue any day of the week and twice on Sunday. Well, it's interesting because uh, if, if our, our folks go to um, bigdatapoll.com, they can see a bar graph. Go, go up to the blog section of the website, and there's a bar graph on the 2020 uh, generic ballot that just came out. And what's interesting about this is uh, if you look at some of these categories that usually would go towards the Democrats, they're going by several percentage points towards Republicans. I mean, now the men are up on the Republican side by 14%. Uh, women are only down by, for Republicans, down by 3.5%. Um, but you have uh, a four-year degree undergraduate that's a plus 4.8%. For Republicans, which I would think is rather unusual, and the fact that the advanced postgraduate is—it's uh, a negative for thirteen percent for Republicans. But I would imagine that normally it's a whole lot more than that. It is last month. Well, really, it was a pre-Labor Day poll. Uh, last month, it was you know, high double digits, twenty-something points with the postgrad. I believe a twenty-six point lead for Democrats. And the four-year undergraduate was a 15-point lead for Democrats. So they years ago, Republicans didn't really have that much of a problem with four years. You know, if you have a bachelor's degree, uh, they didn't have that much of a problem. And if they could fight it pretty close, then anything below that, the margin was much bigger, and uh, you know they, they would they would be able to prevail. And the, the advanced postgrads, you can get clobbered by 65, 35 sometimes. Uh, that is just not going to happen this time. It's even if those post grad margins are are bigger for Democrats than expected. I would I would anticipate that some of the you know the some college associate and the high school and less would be even bigger than our poll suggests. And there is a little bit of a difference with the mode. People we talk to on the phone, if they didn't have a college degree, it was almost three to one Republican advantage. We do reach people through different modes. It's a big philosophy of ours. Different people respond to different modes of collection at different rates. So we, we always do mixed mode surveys, and it helps with you know ironing out some of those right. uh, subgroup errors. But it, nevertheless, it's apples to apples, and you can see the trend. They lost this advantage they had with a four-year college graduate, and they need that. They absolutely need that, and they're not going to get it this year. If you go back to the first midterm when Barack Obama was president, he described it as they got shellacked. As yeah. you look at that first, first midterm and Biden's first midterm, and hopefully his only midterm, uh, how, would, how would you, I mean, do you think that is a very, very similar situation? Is this worse? Is this not as bad as it was for Obama's first midterm? You know, I, if I was being conservative with projections, I would say that we're beyond 2014. This took a lot longer to see in 2014 when we were polling this. In the final few weeks, we did see it, but 
some of the Senate races, uh, the state-level polling never did catch off to a final move in the generic ballot. This is happening early, and I believe it is because that advantage was there all year. It temporarily disappeared, you know, amid the media pushing and they talk about abortion and then the summer response bias. I believe that was just temporary. So it's returning to what we saw early in the year, which was a historic lead for Republicans on the generic ballot, something we have never seen before. So that would indicate that this could really be building up to be something much. Forget about 2014. The the only difference is that in 2010, Republicans picked up more than 60 seats because Obama did so well in that election in 08, the previous election. He he had coattails and he brought Democrats with him. And some Democratic candidates in the House won seats. They never had any business winning. So it was a bit of a return. to They were overextended. So it was a, a bit of a return to the mean with some of the partisan advantages in these districts. This time, I mean, really, Republicans should be capped at about 30 in a normal environment. That's I, I think they're over 30 at this point. We're looking at 35. And they already won or netted almost four, you know, 14 in 2020. So they shouldn't be able to break that 215 right. mark. House, but with this, this polling suggests that absolutely now today is possible, and I don't think that this lead is done. If we were to pull it in another week or nine days, which we will, I strongly suspect those independents who are undecided, who do finally decide, they're going to decide for the Republican. It's not every single one of them, of course, but they'll probably take them two to one. So this lead could grow from five to seven, and that would put it on par with you know about 2010 or a little bit more. Wow. We're talking to Rich yeah. Barris of Big Data Polling. Two other questions for you, Rich. Do you expect the last three weeks, well, actually it's two and a half weeks now, I mean, you, you mentioned it could inch up, but traditionally, as you looked over past midterm elections, is is there much of a, a, a change in the last few days, traditionally? You know, people start to pay attention a little bit more. Uh, I think that now looking at this lead, uh, this would be a bit of a floor. And it's a matter of whether or not those people who say they're if you look by party, the partisans are in their camp and they're decided. It's really statistically insignificant, the undecided number there. It really is a matter of whether or not the remaining undecided, they decide or they don't vote. Really, that's I think that's the only question. Do they go out and vote and the Republican League gets even bigger? Because it will if they do it, if they do come out and participate or do they stay, you know, they stay home. Uh, I this this is, you know, this midterm, when we look at the likely voter model, it's going to be closer to 2018 as far as turnout, much closer to 2018 than 2014 or 10. So there's not going to be a 30 percent turnout rate. That's just not going to happen this time. So. My, you know, if you twisted my arm, I would say that they are going to turn out and this lead will grow by a few points more, maybe a point or point to three points. And by the way, uh, your your poll indicates that independents uh, are leaning towards Republicans by 16 percentage points. You, you sort of answered my next question, and that is traditionally, how do the undecided voters go? Would they, would they traditionally go with where the majority is going? As it, you mean as far as what does the poll say they're voting at this point? So it's a 16-point lead. Will they break like the rest of them? Yeah, they will. That's, that's, that's typically the way it goes. And I think that that's consistent with, you know, the old adage that if they're not decided by now, then they're certainly not going to go for the incumbent. So I think really for the you know, Democrats, because they are the incumbent party, they're the in-power party. 
and it, it's never a good position to be in and try to win over these people you're already losing and win over the remaining share of them. So, you know, history would tell us that they're going to go against Democrats. And demographically, like I said, demographically, they do they don't look like Demo- Democratic voters. These are pro-Republican voters at this point. It's just a matter of whether or not they do go out. And again, I think they will. And they're younger. This is another really interesting point. The, the Republican coalition does not look like what it did six, eight, ten years ago. They're younger. They're less white. Uh, and it, this is a bit of a continuation of a trend we've seen. So a lot of people sometimes might look at the undecided and say, well, they're a little bit more Hispanic than white. Oh, yeah. Or 30 to 39. They're not older. But these are not Democratic voters. They, they're, they are voters that are already breaking for the Republican candidate. And if these uh, remaining undecided do as well, it'll increase that margin. Well, and to your point, uh, and we, we keep noting this over and over again, the number of conservative black candidates that are running as Republicans, the numbers just right. increase over and over again. And these black conservative Republicans are more conservative than the white Republicans. I mean, you, you, you can take a Mark Robinson and he's, right. he is that kind of individual is showing up all over the country and listen, they they realize that uh, they've been left behind under the Democrat leadership, and I think many of them have had enough. And I think that's one of the reasons your polls saying that twenty percent of them very well will, will vote for Republican. Let me ask you just a couple of questions, non-poll related, Rich. We're talking to Rich Barris of Big Data Polling. You are located in New Bern, North Carolina. You're a national pollster. How did you end up in New Bern? That's a great question. Actually, you know, for those who know me, they know that uh, I'm originally from the north. But many years ago, I moved to Florida. My family and I lived there for years. But I think it's, you know, basically a question of I am from the north and I needed seasonal changes. So for a long time, my wife kind of told me, Rich, you travel a lot. Go find me a Hallmark-like town where we can build a house and put down roots. Because, you know, we never did quite feel at home in Florida, even though I love the state of Florida. I do. It's just I need a fall. I need a, you know, Christmas can't be 85 degrees. (laughs) I was visiting a client and I actually was going through New Bern and it was Christmas time, speaking of the holidays. And I was going over the bridge. For those who know, I'm sure a lot of listeners know the bridge I'm talking about and where you can actually see downtown New Bern, the clock tower. And it was all done up for Christmas. And I saw it, and I called my wife, and I said, I, I think I found it. I think I found your town. And this was years ago. And I took her. We went. We visited a few times. We loved it. We fell in love with it. We, you know, and, and the rest is history. And Christmas by candlelight history. There you go. <laughs> there you go. And, you're, and your wife's still with you. She's even working at the firm. <laughs> That's right. That's right. She's a, an, an, a, a great asset. Couldn't do it without her. So, Rich, when is your next poll going to come out? You just said you're going to update it a week, 10 days from now? Yeah, about, yep, ballpark. You know, sometimes I'm a little bit, uh, you know, I make sure all the subgroups are represented. So, uh, you know, I, I try not to impose my, you know, an artificial deadline on myself, but we will have state polling out. Uh, we did do North Carolina sometime back. And, you know, it's funny, I, I, I said at that time it, it was a, a lead for Ted Budd by about five points. I just didn't see how Sherry Beasley would make it up, especially not in this environment. Um, and she's lost some of the support that uh, she she had when she ran for judicial office. You know, the police and the backing of police associations. So I just didn't see it. 
but we will do Arizona again. We'll do Wisconsin again and Pennsylvania again before the election, at least, if we don't get a chance to throw in Georgia. Well, but we'll look- one more. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just saying one more national in some states. Okay. Yep. Okay. Well, let's stay in touch and uh, have you again before uh, before Election Day. That sounds great. Looking forward to great. it. Great. Thank you, Rich. Rich Barris from uh, Big Data Polling. And uh, if you want, Rich is, uh, shares his numbers. So if you go to bigdatapoll.com and you can see this newest poll, again, if you go up to the upper left-hand corner on his website, you'll see blog. Uh, if you go and click on the blog, it'll take you to their newest poll uh, if you're looking online or on Cable 7 right now, um, Clark has got uh, that graph up. we got to take a time out. Stay with us. We'll be right back. 